What's going on, guys? I'm Tal. And I'm Taylor. And welcome to the, the Big, Big Bro Security, Security Show. Your weekly source for the best cybersecurity news, top five items of the week. We're going to get started with number one, Chinese state-sponsored hackers exploit Microsoft Exchange. The group called Hafnium, or Hafnium exploited vulnerabilities in Microsoft's Exchange Server email program. FireEye said that the Hafnium hackers targeted U.S.-based universities, defense contractors, and infections diseased researchers. They have compromised at least 30,000 entities across the U.S. by the unusually aggressive Chinese group, which has been stealing emails from victim organizations. So, yeah, apparently China's hacking the U.S. Hmm. And it's interesting that they are doing some infectious disease hacking, uh, hacking infectious disease researchers, considering the coronavirus came out of the Wuhan lab. I'm just saying hmm. it's, yeah. it's kind of interesting. It's not just U.S. companies, though, as there are businesses from Norway and the Czech Republic which have also been compromised. Is it Czech or Czech? Or I think it's Czech Republic. Yeah, Czech Republic. Sorry for anybody who's from the Czech Republic. I couldn't never figure out how to pronounce that name. Yeah, it's I'm just pretty sure it's Czech, actually. C-Z-E-C-H. Yeah, how Czech, do you we'll that? say Czech Republic. If you're looking for potential evidence of compromise, look for files written to the system by w3wp.exe or umworkerprocess.exe non-existent resources or and suspicious or spooked http user agents yeah it sounds and, pretty bad yeah now we'll go on to number two and we'll let Tyler handle this one for us okay so this one's just a little security concern in a password manager called lastpass apparently there are seven trackers found within this password manager four are from google analytics which are everywhere anyways um just analytics for advertising and crash reporting and then one other from a company called segment this gathers data for the marketing teams of segment company and does other stuff most other password managers include trackers as well but lastpass has a lot more trackers than its competitors bitwarden has just two while roboform and dashlane have four and one password has none at all. So so one interesting thing I want to talk about, um, because I know our last podcast episode was super short, is <laughs> that I you have used LastPass in the past, but only the free version. And I think they're starting to limit the free version, which is when this came out. So kind of like bad news when they're starting to limit things. But I've used 1Password for, the, for like several months, and I even bought the premium version. I was using it for a while, but... The uh, the UI is just not really good, from what I found, and I just didn't. I really disliked the UI and the way things were set up, so I decided to use Dashlane, which apparently was maybe not the greatest decision because it has four trackers compared to none of One Password. But Dashlane's UI and whole user experience is so much better than One Password that I just personally decided to use it. There is one password manager I heard of on Twitter today called KeyPass XC. Which I think KeyPass was like an own computer thing that you would have, but XC is supposed to be like cross-platform. I don't know. If you're a listener, might be something you want to look into. It might be pretty mm-hmm. cool. I personally haven't ever used a password manager yeah, because Just I have a brain. terrible security um, thing of all the same password, and that's just kind of bad. But yeah. Also, though, he Apple does I do kind have of have Apple, a... Apple password they do have manager, like a built-in one. So. You just use your fingerprint. Yeah, so that kind of worked that's for him. That's the least. extent that I've used a password manager. Yeah. The rest has just been my brain. But that's just because I have a Mac, so it automatically does it. 
I yeah, so if you have a Mac, you probably don't really it. need a password manager, which will be nice when I finally get one. I would say it would be nice to have a password manager over just a Mac because you could do cross-device. Like if you have a uh, Windows yeah. computer, you can install your password manager. Yeah, that's true. And but if, your you're, if you're only on Macs and If iPhones, you're only on Mac and it locks even, even more and you don't mind that, then you could go with Apple because yeah. it's super good. There's probably a way to export it too, so it's not yeah, that bad. Yeah, there might be. I haven't looked into that. Yeah, so our next piece of news is Mazafaka got hacked. Maza is the short name for it, is an elite, invite-only Russian-language cybercrime forum known to be running since as early as 2003. Wow, that's only a year after I was uh, born. <laughs> I wasn't even born then. Yeah, we're pretty young. <laughs> Anyways, it's a place for bad actors to trade ransomware as a service tools and conduct other forms of not-so-legal cybercrime operations. It has been compromised by unknown actors attackers on march 3rd joining verified crd club and exploit in the risk of recent breaches of hacking forums the usernames email addresses and hashed passwords were publicly disclosed on a notification page put it by the attacker saying your data has been leaked and this form has been hacked quote the announcement was accompanied by a pdf file allegedly containing a portion of forum user data the file comprised more than 3,000 rows containing usernames, partially obfuscated password hashes, email addresses, and other contact details, end of quote, cybersecurity firm Intel 471 said. I guess this is pretty cool. I don't know. I mean, it's good mm. that they busted up some criminals, but also it's like, who is responsible for this and what kind of tools are they gaining access to by this? Yeah. Because like, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it's somebody like China or whatever. I don't think it would be Russia because like, it's a Russian form, so I'm sure Russia's all in on it. Then again, it could be like the U.S., so I don't know. But hmm. it's just something to look out for. And I guess we'll let Terry do our next piece of news, our fourth piece of news for today. Okay, number four, we have cybersecurity researchers have unwrapped an interesting email campaign undertaken by a threat actor that has been distributing a new malware written in the NIM or yeah, NIM programming language. I haven't ever heard of that really, but it sounds pretty cool. Yeah. I haven't, it's not really popular, I guess. I think it, it, I don't know. I did look at, I think I looked at that programming language a while back. Maybe not, mm -hmm. but a while back I was looking at like different programming languages to learn. I feel like I've seen that name before. I did do a quick little like Google search of NIM before this came up and before we record this podcast. And the syntax looks pretty similar to Python. Okay. It's pretty interesting. I've just heard of Python and Go. They're like pretty yeah. common. But then you also have like R and, and Rust and F Sharp and C Sharp and C++. Uh, C++. Common. C. Yeah, there's a lot of and different Swift. programming languages. I've Swift. tried to learn Swift. but it's, Objective C. Programming just takes time to learn. Yeah. And it's, it's pretty fun once you get the hang of it though. Yeah. So I guess that's all for that news announcement. Yeah. Not too much. I will it. say, once open, the malware is designed to provide the attackers with access to the victim's Windows systems, alongside mm -hmm. capabilities to execute arbitrary commands received from a victim, uh, from a command and control server, including executing PowerShell commands, injecting shellcode into running processes, and even deploying initial malware. Additional evidence gathered by Proofpoint and Walmart show that Nimza Loader is also being used to download and execute COBOL Strike as its secondary payload, suggesting that the threat actors integrate different tactics into their campaigns. So COBOL Strike is like a professional pen testing suite type thing. I think it's almost like a Metasploit, but on steroids with like a lot of extra stuff. So it's, it's mm -hmm. paid 
but it seems pretty interesting. So that's pretty cool. The last piece of news we have for today is F5 malware, or I guess not really malware, more like F5 vulnerabilities again. Um, I think back a while, a couple, a while back in um, earlier 2020, like mid 2020, there were some F5 bugs that came out that were pretty big. We may have covered those in our first couple of podcast episodes, I can't remember, but Application security companies F5 Networks on Wednesday published an advisory warning of four critical vulnerabilities impacting multiple products that could result in a denial-of-service attack and even unauthorized remote code execution on target networks. The four critical flaws affect big IP versions 11.6 or 12.x and newer with a critical pre-auth remote code execution CV 2021-22986 also affecting big IQ versions 6.x and 7.x. F5 said it's not aware of any public exploitation of these issues as of yet. Successful exploitation of these vulnerabilities could lead to a full compromise of vulnerable systems, including the possibility of remote code execution, as well as trigger a buffer overflow, leading to a DOS attack denial of service. This bug is, quote, this bug is probably going to fly under the radar, but this is a much bigger deal than it looks because it says something is really, really broken in the internal security process of F5 big IP devices, said Matt, pawn all the things Tate in a tweet. So if you don't really know what F5 is, I know at least one of the things they do is they make a load balancer. I'm not sure if they make a firewall, but I know they make a load balancer because um, I've, you know, I've just seen it in some environments before. And so I guess that's probably somewhat of what this issue affects. Maybe it's the firewall. Because I think they also do make firewalls. It seems like mm-hmm. they would. If they made load balancers, they'd make firewalls too. So they're more of an in- infrastructure yeah. security company. Yeah, like security appliance, load balancer appliance, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but all this news was pretty interesting. I think the NIM malware is especially interesting. The reason they would do this um, in their program, malware in NIM, is so because like a lot of uh, anti-malware is like heuristic-based, which means it's based off like signatures and stuff. And if you're programming a completely new and not really utilized programming language like NIM, then, which I'm pretty sure is a compiled language too, then it's not like a popular thing. And so a lot there won't be any signatures really out there for it, which mm-hmm. is something kind of interesting and an advantage, I guess, to programming in such an obscure language. But yeah, um, I think that wraps up our news that we have for today. Is there anything else that you want to like touch on or talk about? About what's been going on in your life or just anything interesting you saw on this news today mm-hmm. taylor in my life i've started the master's degree at wgu and it's been going pretty good yeah and that's pretty much all it's a very boring life yeah <laughs> i think eventually it'll pick up yeah. um and i'm looking for a job right now and maybe that have changed my life up a little bit and yeah maybe he'll get some experience get some at work cool he can stuff. talk about or something cool yeah as far as what's been going on with me, I'm pretty much just been uh, doing some work, making videos for this channel, and also, obviously, like writing the outlines for our podcast and that kind of thing. And then, um, been studying the Elon Security Penetration Testing Professional Certification, which is pretty cool. Um, it's really great. It has is an insane amount of PDFs that you can go through and read. That's going to take me quite a while. Probably I'm looking at like six to eight months for the certification. It's pretty well. I don't know. Pretty long time. But after that, I'll probably go for the OSCP and then the 
ECPTX and then like the OSCE or something. I don't know. You guys can check out my latest YouTube video on the Big Brother Security channel where I will be going over and where I go over all of the basically all the stuff that I'm doing right now or as far as like my roadmap that you need to do to get in ethical hacking which also covers everything that I've been doing um, basically because I've been following that roadmap um, one other thing I did want to mention we're basically taking this podcast off of YouTube so there's not going to be any video versions anymore right now unless you guys really want a video version if you do go to episode 3 if you want us to make more video format podcasts um, because that is a bit more work than just doing audio and comment. I want hashtag Big Bro Security show video. And then we'll, if we get like more than like say five or ten people, then we'll uh, make that you know that's like not our dad or whatever. Then <laughs> then we'll go and we'll make some video versions of this podcast. Otherwise, you guys can just listen to it on. Uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere your podcasts are found, pretty much it's on all the places um, that I can think of, like Google Podcasts and on Anchor, too, I think. Pretty much everywhere. That's all for today's episode. I'm Tal. And I'm Taylor. And we'll see you in the next episode. Yeah.